the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yogi Berra has nothing on our vice president. I think you know Yogi's famous for some of the greatest quotes of all time. Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded. If you come to a fork in the road, take it. Baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. It gets late early out there. That's just a few. And then I never said most of the things I said. I could go on, but we have some business to take care of here. And now it's time for the Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Yep, that brings us to our vice president. Uh, Remember when we heard how bright and impressive she was? She turns out uh, to be neither. Listen to this exchange on the Today Show earlier this week. At what point does the administration say, you know what, this strategy isn't working. We're going to change strategies. Six former administration officials last week wrote that open letter urging the administration to change course, to change strategy. Is it time? It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. Uh, that would make Yogi Berra proud. Uh, actually, it might make him cringe, but it also made President Kamala Harris the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That, of course, would be Vice President Kamala Harris, uh, even though Joe calls her president every now and then. But the more you see of Kamala, the less impressive she is. Uh, She's a master at saying nothing uh, when she thinks she's saying something or saying something totally, totally ridiculous. Uh, with a really serious look on her face, and then she throws in some, you know, really impressive gesturing, with the hands out and bobbing around and look on her face, and it's just everything that comes out of her mouth is so serious. Anyway, it used to be scary to think of her becoming president. Now it's terrifying. Uh, she's enough to make you hope the big guy is able to finish his term, which seems less likely every day. And as I said, he, he does actually refer to her as President Harris Every now and then. He just did it a couple of days ago again. Uh, he said he called him President Harris. Uh, we're living in dangerous times here. The only thing that's uh, saving us right now is the filibuster. Uh, the big guy, Chuck Schumer, and the rest of the Democrats are pushing hard for that, as I'm sure you know. And it got a reaction from Tom Cotton. He's the senator from Arkansas. He delivered a moving speech on the floor of the Senate on Wednesday. Madam President. The senator from Arkansas. Right now, we are on the precipice of a constitutional crisis. We're about to step into the abyss. I want to talk for a few minutes why we're on that precipice and why we're looking into that abyss. Let me first ask a fundamental question. What is the crisis that calls for the undoing of two centuries of tradition? Are senators merely doing their jobs as legislators? Responding to a generalized public calling for the abolition of the filibuster? Clearly not. It is not the American people at large who are demanding detonation of the nuclear option. The nuclear option is being pushed largely by the radioactive rhetoric of a small band of radicals who hold in their hands the political fortunes of the president. Constitutional scholars will tell us that the reason we have these rules in the Senate, unlimited debate, 
two-thirds to change the rules. The idea that 60 have to close off debate is embodied in the spirit and rule of the Constitution. That is what the Constitution is all about, and we all know it. It is the Senate where the Founding Fathers established a repository of checks and balances. It's not like the House of Representatives, where the majority leader or the speaker can snap his fingers and get what he wants. On important issues, the Founding Fathers wanted, and they were correct in my judgment, that the slimmest majority should not always govern. The Senate is not a majoritarian body. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn the Founding Fathers, what the Founding Fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy, into a rubber stamp of dictatorship. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? It will be a doomsday for democracy if we do. I, for one, hope and pray that it will not come to this. But I assure my colleagues, at least speaking for this senator, I will do everything I can to prevent the nuclear option from being invoked, not for the sake of myself or my party, but for the sake of this great republic and its traditions. Those are powerful words, but they're not mine. Every word of my speech today was originally spoken by our esteemed colleague, the senior senator from New York, Chuck Schumer. Senator Schumer spoke so eloquently in defense of the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions when the fortunes of his party looked a little different. My, how times have changed. Now it's Senator Schumer's fingers that are hovering over the nuclear button, ready to destroy the Senate for partisan advantage. Think about it. The narrowest majority in Senate history wants to break the Senate rules to control how voters in every state elect senators. Could there be a better argument to preserve the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions? So before it's too late, let us reflect on the wise and eloquent words of Senator Schumer, words that are as true today as they were when he spoke them, even if Senator Schumer is singing a different tune today. He certainly is. Uh, President, that, I yield the floor. Oh, sorry, that, sorry there, uh, Senator Cotton. Um, actually, Schumer gave that speech in 2005 when the Democrats were in the minority. So now he says the filibuster has to go, which uh, Tom Cotton pointed out there. Now, all of this, of course, is just one more advertisement for term limits. Now, forget about the fact that uh, Schumer is a United States senator. How, how, could anybody, how could anybody be that dumb? How could he not be aware in 2022 of how ridiculously hypocritical it is to change his mind from a speech that he gave that was, I don't know who wrote it for him, but uh, Tom Cotton did a good job of delivering it. But the speech that Schumer gave was uh, something you'd, you'd expect from Patrick Henry. It was, uh, it was so uh, impassioned uh, and talking about the, the, the traditions of this great republic and blah, blah, blah. How could he not be aware of how ridiculously hypocritical it is to change his mind and his tune uh, like that and not expect to be called out, called out on it. Actually, it's probably not stupidity, although I think about it, 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 as much as it is arrogance and a low opinion of the peasants like you and me that he rules. He should never be taken seriously again, Schumer, I mean. But he's uh, a politician, and what he's doing now is uh, this won't phase him a bit, and his friends in the media will still be hanging 
on his every word, and he's a walking advertisement for term limits. I'll be right back. Pets have the same energy they used to. Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dinovite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dinovite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and a Inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrustpittsburgh.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret we make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. So, Enjoy. Have, so, have you quit smoking yet? I've been telling you about uh, mynicotinetest.com, and uh, if you are a smoker and you've been trying to quit, this is the way to do it. Um, this is this is founded by a guy named Matt Bars. He's the director of the New York City Fire Department tobacco program. I actually spoke with him a couple of months ago about this. It's an amazing story. He came up with this program when uh, so many firefighters went into the buildings on 9-11 and breathed in all of that uh, crud that was in the air, and they were smokers, and it really gave them problems, and they really needed to quit. So he came up with this approach, and they had a quit rate in the fire department of 70%, 7 out of 10 and they can help you with the same system. It's a it's a uh, scientific system, and they measure your nicotine level with a with a urine test. And then they customize a treatment that just fits you, and it makes it so that you're not miserable as you're trying to quit, and you don't have to quit all at once. And so now you can, for a limited time, get uh, the expert tobacco coaching that they give free with a nicotine test purchase. Their experts will guide you with tips and secrets to finally make quitting a reality. Now, MyNicotineTest.com works with all tobacco products, including vaping and smokeless. If you have questions, call MyNicotineTest at 1-800-45-SMOKE. That's 1-800-45-SMOKE. Leave a message if all tobacco counselors are busy. You have nothing to lose now but your addiction. And that's uh, if you're not a smoker, you can get one for someone who's trying to quit smoking. MyNicotineTest.com. MyNicotineTest.com. 
If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, you might notice today that we have a little bit of a sports theme uh, from here on out. Uh, coming up after our in our second half hour, we're going to talk to a longtime uh, sportscaster and a Pittsburgh guy from Kansas City about the Chiefs and the Steelers coming up on Sunday night. Um, he's a guy who's been covering the Chiefs and Kansas City sports for 40 years. He's actually older than I am, so if, that, if that's possible to believe. Um, but uh, we'll talk to him in the second half hour. But, um, you know, I've been wondering how long this nickname was going to last. Um, I was thinking about the Minnesota Vikings. How, how could they continue to exist? I mean, weren't the Vikings kind of violent and bad people and they, they smelled bad and they were ignorant? And, you, you know, why would you name your team after them? Anyway, uh, it's not happening with the Minnesota Vikings yet, but it could be coming because Western Washington University is uh, talking about getting rid of its Viking mascot, and they're doing an investigation to help make a final decision. I don't know if anybody cares about Western Washington sports or what's going on out there, but it, uh, it came because of requests that asked the, uh, the school to remove the names of four buildings on campus uh, I'm not going to bother you with the names of the buildings, but then it all comes down to the usual stuff, stuff that this, these people who did something good enough to uh, have a building named after them, they had the nerve to have um, feelings and attitudes uh, 200 years ago that are different from what we have now, so they got to be canceled, you know, that whole routine. But one of the buildings is the Viking Union. So they want to get rid of that that name for the the, the I guess it's the student union building, um, but in the the verdict is out on the Vikings. It says here a strong majority of the university's legacy review task force. If that doesn't scare you, I don't know what should. Uh, they recommended to remove Viking from the Viking Union. Well, if they're going to remove Viking from the Viking Union, they're going to remove Viking from the nickname. Uh, the task force was concerned. Uh, it says here about the harm caused by asking all members of the Western community to identify with a figure that is potentially exclusive on the basis of both ethnicity and gender, unquote. Furthermore, the task force found names idolizing conquest as out of line with the university's contemporary values around honoring local indigenous communities. This is what you're dealing with on a college campus, and it's obviously nothing new, but it got me to thinking, what happens to the pirates? Now, I think you could make some comparisons between pirates and Vikings. Uh, obviously, the Vikings were Scandinavian and, and all that stuff, and there's a difference in, in the cultures of the two, and the pirates were made up of, I guess, people of all different nationalities and ethnicities and all that stuff, but they were mean. Pirates were mean. They plundered. I think they might have even been involved in some conquests of some kind. They uh, they kidnapped people. They stole. They they did lots of really bad, mean things. And we have a baseball team here in town that's named after the pirates. I think someone out there there has to be somebody in the tri-state area here who ha- who sees this, and we have to get something done about it. I'm ashamed, actually, I think, to live in a city, live in an area that supports a baseball team named after plunderers and thieves. There are even some rapists thrown in there, I'm sure, murderers, everything. They were, these were, pirates were bad people. 
I mean, have you seen pictures of them? They have like knives in their teeth and they're, they're mean. I've seen movies about them. They were not nice people. How could you possibly, possibly have a baseball team named after pirates? So somebody, I'm a little busy. Or I would do it myself. I, I'm, 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 I'm kind of. I just don't have the time right now. Please find someone to get the name of this local baseball team changed, and I am going to consider never using the name again. Maybe because I'm offended by it so much. And I hope that you, you know, get the drift here of what I'm saying. And again, please, even if, if, if do me a favor. Again, I'm a little busy, but if you could please. And it's Friday. They're probably gone Monday morning. Would you please call? the office of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club, and tell them that you are deeply, deeply offended by the name of the team and you're never going to root for them again. Please tell them that. It's the least you can do for me. Again, I'm busy or I would do it myself. Now, speaking of baseball, as long as we're on the sports theme, um, you know, the the lockout is in, in effect right now as of December something or other. And there's uh, pitchers and catchers are supposed to report in about a month, in the middle of February. And uh, there isn't going to be any spring training or any season if they don't get this settled. They're working on a new labor agreement. And uh, yesterday they had their first meeting, and nothing of any substance came from it. And the players weren't the least bit happy with anything that the owners threw out at them. But it's you know it's the beginning of the of the negotiation, so a lot of things could happen. But uh, this is uh, uh, Sporting News had a story, uh, a recent poll. This is bad news for you if you're a baseball fan, or if you're and if you're the owner of a baseball team. Uh, uh, Seton Hall University did a poll. They 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 polled 1,570 adults back in uh, December, and they found that 44 percent of the respondents who identify as avid sports fans would be less interested in big league baseball when the 2022 season begins. I guess less, that means less interested than they were last year. That's uh, that's not a good number. Uh, that's that's a lot of people. Forty. That's almost half the people say, ah, I don't care. Uh, but more than half, 54% of the general public uh, said that it has no interest in Major League Baseball anyway. Now, for someone, uh, a baby boomer like me, for to, to hear that half the people in the country according to this poll, of course, but if, if you uh, go with the validity of this poll, more than half of the people in the country don't care about Major League Baseball. That was just, that would be sacrilegious to say that when I was growing up and even 25, 30 years ago. Um, so this is Charles Grantham. He's the director of Seton Hall's Center for Sport Management. He said, we know from previous work stoppages, whether initiated by management uh, a lockout or labor, a strike, the fans tend to come back. Today, however, there is immense competition in entertainment. These numbers are not encouraging and should be very concerning for a sport attempting to reverse a steady decline in ratings and attendance. And there's other evidence, according to the story from Sporting News. Major League attendance in 19, hit a 37-year low last season. Average per game attendance fell for the fifth straight season. That doesn't count 2020 when there were no fans because of COVID hysteria. Uh, a large share of the blame for 2021, att- 2021 attendance can be levied at pandemic-necessitated restrictions. The drop is still plenty noteworthy because there wasn't a corresponding increase in home viewership, which was down 12%, meaning TV, down 12% from 2019. And as of 2017, the average age of Major League Baseball fans and viewers was 57 years old, Okay. That's almost as old as I am, up from 52 in 2000. Compare that with the average age of fans in the NFL, which is 50, which is, seems awful high to me, the NBA, which is 42, and the NHL, 49, and Major League Soccer, which is 40. And that scares me because I hate soccer, and I hate to see that growing in popularity among young people because it might mean before I die it actually will become um, popular enough that I won't be able to avoid looking at it or hearing about it. But baseball's in big trouble if it uh, wants to get a younger audience, and uh, it couldn't happen to a more deserving group. And I, here, I, here's my feelings on baseball. Major League Baseball is dead to me, and I, I hope no catchers and no pitchers report until there's a salary cap. We'll be right back. Talk about Chief Steelers.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The White House says U.S. intelligence officials have determined a Russian effort is underway to create a pretext for its troops to further invade Ukraine. And Moscow has already pre-positioned operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. Lead forecaster Bob Orovic at the National Weather Service says the storm that is currently bringing snow to the plains will be a major weather event for much of the country into the weekend. Some of the heavier totals are probably going to be uh, western North Carolina through parts of the central Appalachians, western and northwestern Pennsylvania and western New York State, uh, where their totals could be anywhere from 8 to 12 inches plus. And then similar uh, snow totals across parts of southwest Minnesota into Iowa, where totals, again, will be in the uh, 6 to 12-inch range. The stocks remain lower. The Dow off 327 points. The Nasdaq is down 7. This is SRN News. Your pets have the same energy they used to. Do they have problems with itching, scratching, a dull coat, or goopy ears? Then your pets need Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. For over 20 years, pet owners have trusted Dinovite to supplement their pet's diet. We started Dinovite and in our first box, we noticed a difference. Dinovite is an all-natural daily supplement made from whole foods that helps support your pet's immune system, digestion, skin, and coat. Within three weeks, he's not scratching and itching, and he's an all-around happier dog. Today's commercial Pet foods are processed at high temperatures, which bakes out all the essential goodness. These processed foods can lack the essential vitamins, enzymes, and probiotics that contribute to overall good health. Adding a scoop of Dynavite to your pet's food bowl is the answer. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. I have two cats and two dogs. All four of them are on the Dynavite. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dr. Sebastian Gorka sees some getting aggressive. The far-right anti-vaccine aggression has caused 200,000 Americans since last June to lose their lives because they were defiant of vaccine. The far-right anti-vax aggression. It is true when they have their narrative collapsed. All they have left is extremism. America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The answer. With Joe Biden and the radical Democrats pushing their socialist agenda, Pennsylvania needs to send a conservative fighter to the United States Senate. Carla Sands is a MAGA conservative who served on President Trump's foreign policy and economic teams. With deep roots in central Pennsylvania, Carla Sands shares our conservative values. Carla Sands is a Christian and a pro-life mom who will defend the unborn. Carla Sands is a job-creating businesswoman who will cut our taxes and get Washington off the backs of our small businesses. Carla Sands is a constitutional conservative who will protect our First and Second Amendment rights. And Carla Sands is a law and order conservative who will fight to finish President Trump's wall, crack down on election fraud, and stop Fauci's tyranny. MAGA conservative Carla Sands. She'll put America and Pennsylvania first. I'm Carla Sands, and I approve this message. Paid for by Sands for Senate. Whose rule book do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rule book and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the Parkway East, a jam up from Boulevard of the Allies to approaching County Jail. That's an accident causing the delay. On the outbound side, busy up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Actually, we're busy both ways approaching the tunnel on the Parkway East. Now, the Parkway West, it's congested inbound just a bit between Parkway Center Drive and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Inbound on 579 Crosstown Boulevard, you'll see some slowdowns into Liberty Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Winter storm watch is in effect Sunday afternoon through Monday afternoon. Partly cloudy skies tonight, low 16. Very cold tomorrow, cloudy in the morning. Times of clouds and sun in the afternoon and a high of 25. Becoming cloudy Sunday with a coating to an inch of snow late in the afternoon. Snow can make roads and sidewalks slippery, disrupting travel. We'll see a high of 33. 
with your AccuWeather forecast. I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, in case you missed it, the Steelers are playing the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night. Uh, that combined with the five to eight inches of snow we're expected to get and the uh, supply chain problems should leave all the supermarket shelves empty by, I'd say, early Saturday night. But <laughs> every once in a while, I like to get back to my uh, sports roots, and this is a good time to do it. And a good guy to do it with is Frank Bull, sometimes known as Pudgy Bull when he was a star at Central Catholic High School. He's a Pittsburgh guy who has been covering Kansas City sports for 40 years. Frank, how you doing, man? Stag, always good to hear from you, my friend. Always good to hear from you. We're going to get a little weather ourselves here. so uh, Good. It'll be a little crazy weekend. Yeah. Are you going to get some snow out there? Yeah, it's supposed to do it tonight, overnight, a little bit uh, tomorrow, between two and four inches of snow. Oh. It won't affect the football game on Sunday. Uh, the field obviously is covered. Yeah. They have the uh, they have uh, the hot water pipes underneath and yeah. the whole thing. So that the field will be, if if anything, it'll be a little bit sloppy. But uh, otherwise, it'll be about twenty eight to thirty degrees and basically, you know, pretty good football weather. That's what I was going to say. Football weather. Uh, so, does anybody in Kansas City think that the Chiefs can lose this game? Uh, you know, you always have the nervous people who yeah. think anything can happen, which it really can. Uh, I think, you know, you know, when you think about Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers, I think there's a lot of pride, not just with them, but with the franchise, period. I don't think they want to go out and get thrashed like they did back at the day after Christmas mm-hmm. uh, when they were down 30 nothing before they could even turn around and blink. I think they'd like to try to keep it close. If the Chiefs score more than 24 points, I think the Steelers will have a tough time trying to catch them and try to try to stay with them. If they can slop it around and make an ugly game for three quarters and maybe uh, you know somebody's got 20 points on the board and the other team's got 17, I think they can you know uh, make a game out of it. Yeah. But uh, right now, 99% of the people think the Chiefs <laughs> are just going to walk right, yeah. and then they'll just go from there. Uh, is everybody in Kansas City required to wear red this weekend? Is that how it works out there? Well, as I was showing you a little bit earlier today, Stick, this is known as Red Friday in Kansas City, and uh, everybody is required. Okay, you have to show your Red Friday card anywhere you go. Okay, uh, to to make sure everybody has red on. So you're talking about people walking around the street today, not not just at the game Sunday. You're just... Oh no, no, no! This is Red Friday. This is every Friday during the NFL season is called Red Friday. Mm-hmm. And every Friday, you are required to wear red in Kansas City. So do, do people, um, are you ostracized if you're if you're uh, caught not wearing something red? Uh, yes, I was I turned away from a restaurant today because I didn't have anything red on. <laughs> I'm only kidding, but yeah. that's the way you yeah. feel, okay? That's yeah. the way you feel about it. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't know, I... I um, I know, as you know, I covered the Steelers for a long time. I went uh, on road trips with them, and my three favorite places to go with the Steelers were Cleveland Municipal Stadium, which isn't there anymore, right. uh, and uh, the Astrodome, Astrodome in Houston. I loved games there, uh, just because of the noise and the atmosphere and everything. I hate indoor football, but I, I loved it there, and uh, Kansas City. No, Kansas City's the only stadium that's still standing of those three. So that would be my favorite spot. So I, I love going to see games there. But the one thing, it, I mean, I love the fact that the stadium is, what's it seat, 75,000? It's a huge stadium for an NFL. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but the, the stands come right down to the, you can almost reach out from the front row and tap a, a, a player sitting on the bench on his shoulder. That's how close it is. And I just loved everything about it. But I always thought that the everybody wearing red was a little high schoolish, or I don't know, something I didn't like about it. Uh, I mean, I used to do the same thing in every stadium with people wearing team colors, but the entire stadium being red, and until you told me just now uh, today about the, the Red Friday thing, I didn't know about that. So how long has that been going on? Uh, it's been going on for a long time now. I think ever since, really, uh, the Marty Schottenheimer, Carl Peterson era when Marty was head coach and Carl was a GM, they really got the fans reinvolved with the team. They were also the group. There's a guy named Tim Connolly that worked with them. He was the guy that came up with the idea of the tailgating in the parking lot before the games, where everybody brings their grills and everything else and tailgates out here. It's every time the Chiefs are on, you'll see it again Sunday night, and they'll talk about it again Sunday night. 
they'll have you'll see all the smoke coming out of the parking lot, mm-hmm. which are all the uh, people uh, out there barbecuing and you know doing their ribs and their and all that kind of stuff. So that, that that's a big deal. And I think the other thing about it is here, any team that comes in here, players, coaches, whatever, they always say it's more like a college atmosphere than it is a pro atmosphere. It's a real rah-rah place. Yeah. Like you said, everybody's wearing red. Everybody's waving their pom-poms and doing their thing. And it really is a loud stadium. The people get into it but it really is more of a college atmosphere than it is an NFL atmosphere. Yeah, and I don't know about you, and I I know you grew up in Pittsburgh and you went to Central Catholic and all that, but um, I I don't know about you and your dad, but uh, my dad was not going to be wearing a red jersey, or, or, you know, he wasn't going to put on a a black and gold jersey to go to a Steeler game at Pitt Stadium when I was a kid. That wasn't going to happen. So that's, that's kind of a new generational thing, I guess. Yeah, it really is. It, it's just uh, spawned itself maybe in about the last 20 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, I went to, it was funny back in the day when you and I were growing up or in high school that uh, the uh, the Steelers were terrible. Right. All right. That was a bad franchise until Chuck Noll got here in 69, yeah. or got there in 69. But we'd walk up day of game to Pitt Stadium and buy tickets. Oh, because, yeah. For you know, we just had normal clothes on. In those days, your dad, my dad, he wore a coat and tie and a hat. Yeah. When he went, yeah. And, yeah, and and we also did the same thing. We'd walk up at Forbes Field. Mm-hmm. Remember, they played half their games at Pitt Stadium, half their games at Forbes Field. Yeah, and we we went there as well. And you could walk up day of game. I saw Jimmy Bond play probably four or five times. My dad loved to go when Jimmy Bond played the Steelers. Yeah, because number one, he knew somebody was going to entertain him. So even yeah. there couldn't have been the Steelers, it was somebody like Jimmy Brown. So it was like, uh, it was very, very different then than it is now. Well, my dad had season tickets from 1946. Wow. Uh, and so he saw some really bad football. The Steelers, you were kind when you said they had a bad team. They were the worst <laughs> team in the history, worst major franchise in North American history before Chuck Knoll came along. I mean, that's not, that's not an exaggeration. They were just unbelievably bad so he has those season tickets from 1946 and the 70s come along they win four super bowls and he had a seat right on the 50 yard line if you if you drew the 50 yard line up it would cut him in half that's how much he was on the 50 uh in a perfect seat and he says to me out of nowhere in 1980 he said i'm going to give my ticket i'm going to sell my ticket he only had one Ah. ticket he only had one and i said what's the matter he said i don't like the scene down there uh, he just didn't. He 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 liked it better when it was all about football. He hated. He, he got to where he hated the tailgating and the and the what what you're talking about with the red. Everybody wearing red. He just hated all that. I mean, that doesn't bother me as much as it bothered him. But he was one of those guys who put on a coat and a, maybe a tie. I don't know. And he went to the game. He was there to watch the game. But uh, you know, it's not just. I wrote a book called Just Watch the Game. And it comes from something that my dad said to me one time. So anyway, that that has changed. So what I what I want to get to here is that the Steelers haven't had a losing season since 2003. And right. so there's a generation now, that's what, uh, 18 years now. Uh, that's a long time. Um, that's Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so there's a generation of, of kids, you know, of guys, college-age kids, 20, 21, 22. They, they don't know anything about the Steelers not being competitive. But you're out there in Kansas City, and in 2007 and 2009, uh, three seasons, I guess it was 2007, 2008, 2009, they had two 4-12 uh, and 12 seasons and, and a 2-14. And and what happened to the bandwagon during those years out there? Because we haven't had that here. You know, that hasn't well, happened they, here in forever. Yeah, well, they jumped off the bandwagon at that point. You could get season tickets without much of a problem. Yeah. And I remember they went through a bunch of coaches, Carl Pearson, Start, you know, Marty left. Yeah, uh, they got sideways a little bit, and they're they're started to bring in guys who are pretty unsavory, like the Bam Morrises and Tamaric Vanovers. They're yeah. trying to win that championship that they never got to win, and then Marty started. I'm sorry, uh, Carl started hiring coaches that just just couldn't get the job done with the Kansas City Chiefs, and then all of a sudden Andy Reid's available. They make the right decision. Alex Smith was here. Uh, so they had a pretty good quarterback just sitting there waiting for him. And then all of a sudden they get into a situation, which is really funny. Okay. Because a few years back, was it 2019? The Steelers beat him here. Yeah, it was 2019. I think the Steelers come in in the playoffs 
and they kicked five, uh, five, uh, six field goals. Yeah. And they beat them 18, 15 or 18 for whatever it was, 18, 16, whatever the final score was. They kicked all those field goals to beat them. Alex Smith was a quarterback, couldn't get them in the end zone. That led to the chiefs pulling out all the stops to draft Patrick Mahomes, that they said, we really need a franchise quarterback. Alex is, is a very good quarterback, but he just isn't that guy. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy we believe can push him over the edge. And they get bounced out of the playoffs by the Steelers, and then the next draft they draft Patrick Mahomes, and everything has changed now. I mean, it, um, uh, Andy Reid was extremely competitive the whole time he was here before uh, before Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And excellent football coach. Remember in Philadelphia, he was in Philadelphia for 14 years. They went to the NFC Championship game like five or six years in a row. Yeah. They went to one Super Bowl and never won it. Yeah. You know, he's down there winning with Donovan McNabb and some other guys off the scrap heap or whatever. And all of a sudden he comes to Kansas City, finally has a franchise quarterback, and they've been in the last two Super Bowls. Yeah, so the, but the, uh, the fans are back on the bandwagon now, but – what happened when the team started out uh, three and four this season? Well, everybody panicking? was all over their case. They were blaming Patrick Mahomes is on too many commercials. Um, his his uh, fiance, they're going to get married in yeah. March, I think. Um, she's pregnant with their first child. Uh, he's building a new house. He just signed a half a billion dollar contract. Got a lot uh, of nerve building the house. What's he doing building the house? He's making $120 million. Yeah, I know. What's he doing? Half a billion dollars. What's he doing doing this? Yeah, so they all thought he had too many distractions. Yeah. And I, I think it was just a thing where I think just the Chiefs thought they were better than everybody else. And the tougher, toughest part of their schedule were the first seven games of the year where they lost to the Titans and they lost to uh, to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lost to the Baltimore Ravens. You know, so they, they were losing some games to some pretty good football teams. Then they're um, their schedule softened up. They ended up playing, you know, Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. You know, they had some breaks there as well during that winning streak, and uh, so then they they just won a big winning streak, and eventually got back to where they think they belong. And now they're primed up and ready to go. Now they haven't played their last two games. They haven't been very good. They got beat by Cincinnati because Steve McDonald was just hard headed and decided to keep uh, trying to. Um, Watched Jamar Chase one on one, which really cost him, and uh, Burrow just carved him up. And then they played the Denver Broncos last game of the season. Broncos are terrible, yeah. and the Broncos almost beat them, except for Melvin Ingram, former Stewart, comes yeah. in and sacks him, knocks the ball away, and uh, then Nick Bolton, the rookie linebacker out of Missouri, picks it up and runs it the other way for a touchdown. Otherwise, they could have lost that game. Yeah, uh, and so what you're saying there, it, 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 on paper, it looks like the Steelers have no chance. The Steelers, yeah. the Steelers aren't a very good team, and the and the Reds, uh, the Chiefs are a good team. Um, but uh, as you said, it's a you know anything can happen. A one, a one play here and there could make a difference. Um, but uh, wh- why should anybody in in Pittsburgh think it's going to be any different than it was when they did lose thirty six to ten a few weeks ago? Well, okay. if they're true Steelers fans, I think they know the franchise, and I think they know Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike's not just going to mail it in. Yeah. Okay, and you would hope that your quarterback, who's now been given a second lease on life, uh, to get at least one more game and maybe one glorious, one more glorious outcome to his career by trying to upset a team everybody believes is the best team in the AFC, uh, to knock them out of the playoffs would be a real feather in his cap, and what a way to go out for him and. I think is uh, Juju playing this is, week. I think they're he saying is. there's a pretty good chance it's looking like he's going to play. I don't know how much he's going to play, but he's going to be. It looks like he's going to be dressed at least. Yeah. So you know we'll, we'll see. The Chiefs have been known to you know throw up against some bad teams. So we'll see what happens here. Yeah, we're talking to Frank Bull. He's a Pittsburgh guy. He's been covering Kansas City sports since the early '80s, and he'll be out there in Kansas City for the Steelers and the Chiefs. Um, so how's media coverage of the team changed over the years, Frank? You worked in the media for 100 years, like I did. Well, how's it changed? I, I think you've seen it probably in Pittsburgh the same way. But here in Kansas City is the only thing I can speak to. There's way too much pom-pom waving. By the media? Uh, with this. It's just everybody, No, there's no criticism of the team even when they're playing bad. I mean, it, it, here's the way I always looked at it. And when, and we, we both talked to a lot of professional athletes and a lot of great players mm-hmm. in our day. Yeah. And you know what? When they're bad, they know they're bad, mm-hmm. and they don't mind you talking about them being bad because they know. 
when the only time you used to get ticked off was when they were playing really well and you're talking about a bad then, okay, which didn't make any sense. But if you were honest and you're doing your, your job, those guys don't mind. Okay, they're they're pros. They understand yeah. if they're good or bad or whatever the deal is. But now everybody around here is just so afraid to say anything. They're afraid to, you know, lose their spot in the press box or lose their press pass or, you know, have have the team come back and re- reprimand them or a player come to them and say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore because you said this or that about me when, you know, I dropped yeah. four passes and fumbled the ball. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it is. There's way too much pom-pom waving in the media. It's just – it is to me – I'm glad I'm out, out of that end of the business mm-hmm. because I still do a couple hours of radio a week. Uh, one with Tim Grunhard, the former chief, and we it's no holds barred. When they're bad, we tell them they're bad. When they're good, we give them all the credit in the world for being good. But we also point out where they are strong, where they're weak, where they have flaws, where they could shore this up a little bit, where you might want to make this you know change or whatever. And we just we're just real honest about it. We're not trying to uh, you know we're not picking on them. Right. We're just pointing out what's you know obvious, and it just doesn't get done anymore. Uh, and Frank, uh, I should point out, was a, a running back at Central Catholic. They went undefeated. He went on to Villanova with a great career there as a running back, and then as a coach. So uh, you have some credibility when it comes to uh, critiquing football players. I don't know if they were aware of that. Did you? Did it, would it make sense for you to? kind of somehow let them know that you played the game so that a criticism coming from you might mean a little bit more? Yeah, you know, John, I never went out of my way to let them know, but somehow they always found out. Yeah. You know, one way or another, somebody, you know, would say, hey, you know, he did this or that, the other thing. They turn around and look at you a little different. But, I, you know, I think it was, I think more than anything, it was just the honesty about it. And, you know, there were certain things when you were out, uh, not in a, a, um, a you know player to media person situation maybe yeah. you're out playing golf somewhere yeah. or you were at their fundraiser or something and they you know they might drop a hint or two about this that or the other thing and you sort of just let it go you didn't make it public knowledge mm-hmm. and those guys would turn around and know you know what i can trust that guy yeah well and uh, I, I think that was important as well well the difference for me was that i was a little weasel in there doing, <laughs> d- doing. Inter- you're one of those South Catholic weasels. Come yeah, on. I was in there doing <laughs> interviews, and uh, I, I'm always thinking they're looking at me like this guy is questioning me. I'm a six-five, <laughs> two hundred and eighty-pound defensive lineman, and this guy's questioning what I do. It's, you know, but I could play a little bit. I could hold my own against uh, you know on the Sandlot area. I wasn't a total nerd, but it, I, I, that's, I guess part of it would be. Uh, having been a former athlete, it's also a little bit of a curse because you know what you're talking about and and uh, you you see some things that need to be criticized. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I think my coaching, I coached for five years at Villanova after yeah. I uh, was done playing football. And I think that really helped me from that standpoint to understand what coaches go through and what players go through and then go through the media process of being interviewed yeah. by the newspapers and televisions in in Philadelphia at that time, which could be yeah. a very critical yeah. market. But I just you just I, that's where I really got a feel for number one, how hard these guys work, mm-hmm. how tough this game is. Yep. Uh, even though I played, it wasn't anything near being in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So I, I think all that really helped me as well. Well, I'm out of time, Frank, uh, and I, uh, I hope we get a good game Sunday night one way or the other and uh, enjoy the game, and always good to have you on. We'll do it again. Hey, Stag, you know, you, anytime, buddy. All right, man. Thank you to Frank right. Bull, Pittsburgh guy, Central Catholic. We'll be right back. It's that time again. Time for fresh starts and resolutions, and Harry's can help. Harry's is an award-winning razor brand that makes a full range of grooming essentials. But the benefits go way beyond a great shave at a fair price. Maybe you resolve to take control of your finances. With cartridge refills as low as $2 each, your budget won't even flinch when you switch to Harry's and save all year. And with checkout code SRNGOLD at harrys.com, you can get a trial set for just $3. If your resolution is to always look and feel your best, That's Harry's specialty. Their high-quality razors combine an ergonomic design with five super-sharp blades, shipped directly to you with a 100% money-back guarantee. New customers can get a Harry's starter set for just $3 at harrys.com with code SRNGOLD at checkout. Get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and travel cover, all for just 3 bucks. 
That's code SRN Gold at checkout at harrys.com. When was the last time you watched your home movies? If you're like most, there's a box in your closet of videotapes, film reels, and photos that don't get watched. Worse, they're degrading. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. Ten years ago, we started Legacy Box to help families convert their aging media to digital. Here's how it works. Fill Legacy Box with your camcorder tapes, film reels, and photos. We professionally digitize and send them back on DVDs, thumb drives, or the cloud, ready to watch and share. Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted home movie and photo digitizer. Over 450,000 families have used Legacy Box, and we've been featured on Good Morning America, Rachel Ray, and The Today Show. Dust off those recorded moments and preserve your family's history so it can be easily passed down for generations. Experience peace of mind and enjoy reliving the glory days. Order your Legacy Box today. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for a limited time to get 40% off your order. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX for 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, just finishing up here uh, on what I was talking to Frank about, about uh, wondering what players thought of when I, this little weasel that I am, uh, came into the locker room and was critiquing them, and, and maybe they saw me on TV um, critiquing them, and this guy can't play. I did minor league baseball play-by-play for three years, and I made a point. I would put on some gear, and I would go out in the outfield and shag fly balls during uh, batting practice so that they could see that I could play a little bit. I could run down a fly ball. I could throw it back into the infield. I could play a little bit. And uh, I also, I was, I was a decent athlete for a little weasel, and I, and I you know, could hold my own against guys in a sandlot situation without getting killed. But, uh, and I remember uh, being at a football game, covering a pit football game, and after the game I was throwing the football around with Foge Fazio, the coach, and he, he he said you you got an arm. He could he liked the way I threw. And one time I was uh, outside the Steelers practice facility throwing the ball around, and Tommy Maddox tapped on the glass inside the building there and gave me a thumbs up. That meant a lot to me because it meant I wasn't a typical nerd going in there with a microphone. And uh, anyway, it meant something to me. It probably meant nothing to you what I just told you, but I thought I'd throw that out there as the last thing on a Friday. Enjoy the game Sunday. Enjoy the weekend. Talk to you Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.